0: Hi, I'm Andy Fitzsimmons I'm your Washington Realtors legal hotline lawyer and this is another video in our series on professionalism for the broker who wants to make real estate a career and not just a job and so I am grateful to once again be joined by my friend Camden Schuette Camden
1: yeah I'm Camden Schuette with Cold Banker 360 team and 360 property management up on beautiful Whidbey Island thank Thanks you for, for- Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it was a long drive down here, but thank you for joining us. Of course. So today's topic is another one of your agency law duties. This is the duty of honesty and good faith. And hopefully you don't need a definition of those words. Hopefully you've known the meaning, the integrity of honesty and good faith since you were very, very young. If you have the chance to do the right thing, do it right absolutely is there a better definition
1: i think that that's a pretty good definition yeah i also think about our code of ethics and the you know it's built off the golden rule and do unto others what you'd want them to do to you and i think kind of keeping that in mind goes along with that
0: exactly agreed so the department of licensing of course, enforces the license law. And so the Department of Licensing is paying particular attention to the duty of honesty and good faith recently with respect to a few areas. And we could spend days probably talking about honesty and good faith. Right. But for the purposes of this video, we're going to hit four topics that the Department of Licensing is looking at right now with respect to honesty and good faith. And the first of those is including your firm's name as licensed, in a clear and conspicuous manner in all advertising. Yep. And Camden, one of the things that I'm seeing a lot lately is, for, for example, you said that your firm's name is Colwell Banker 360 Team. Right. Right? And so I'm seeing some advertising where somebody might just use Colwell Banker, for example. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or maybe they say Colwell, maybe they put their name in big headlines and Colwell Banker 360 Team in little teeny tiny print.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, what we're starting to see more of too is the firm just being left off.
0: Oh, not including the firm name at all.
1: Yeah, and that, that one's really kind of frustrating. And I don't think it's intentional. I mean, obviously we all live by our code of ethics, um, but we're in such a crazy market where everyone's trying to be different. And I think in that attempt to be different, we have a tendency to forget.
0: Yeah. And what people, people want to brand their name or their team name. And that's
1: become so much more popular. Even, even uh, all your personal branding, even if you're not a team, team branding, personal branding, and trying to be different and stand out.
0: Right. And so not only is it a licensing law requirement that the Department of Licensing does discipline around, but it's also kind of the the backbone of our licensing law structure that every broker is licensed to a firm and that every firm is supervised or the broker's license the firm are supervised by that by the designated broker for that firm. So it is important for consumers, the Department of Licensing, and even other industry members to know the name of the firm to which you're licensed. And that's the reason for the requirement.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And even your name. I mean, a lot of times, you know, your name might be Jonathan, but you go by John. And so making sure that your license matches that. And that's as simple as contacting the DOL.
0: And getting a name change on your license. That's right. Exactly. So while we're on the topic then of advertising, let's talk about truth in advertising. This is another area where we're seeing some problems lately. And again, I think it goes back to what you said a minute ago. If somebody's intentionally being deceptive, then shame on them. But I think more often than not, where problems are emerging today is that brokers are are not intentionally being deceptive or exaggerating, but but that's in fact what they're doing.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, One of the examples I've seen of it is in team relationships. For example, Mm -hmm. a a team leader will claim responsibility or, or ownership, if you will, of every transaction that runs through the team, even though the team leader may have had nothing to do with that transaction. They're trying to skew the statistics so that they can claim that they were, you know, they represented buyers and sellers in 50 transactions last month, which course is not true. Right. Right. That
1: would be like me as the designated broker saying that I handled all of our firm's transactions last year uh, to try to further my business. No, it's just not true, even though technically I had some agency relationship there.
0: Yeah. So brokers, be careful how you hold yourself out in your advertising. I think also about business cards and what label do you include on your business card? Yep. Do, do you hold yourself out as a, as a construction specialist, for example? And if you do, is that true? Have, have you just done a, a recent construction s- transaction, so that's why you're a construction specialist? Or do you really have education and experience to support the notion that you are a specialist with respect to construction.
1: Absolutely, because you're telling the consumer, I have this knowledge, and you're going back to one of the other videos where we talked about working within your knowledge, you're setting an expectation with your customer that you have that knowledge. And if you don't, you shouldn't be handling that or working with someone who, who does handle it, but you're setting an expectation that's not that you can't meet.
0: Yeah, so be careful how you hold yourself out. Taking this same notion of honesty and applying it transactionally, We've got examples of brokers. Um, With respect to buyer brokers, I do think a lot of times it's unintentional. It's maybe even unknowing, which isn't a good excuse at all. But it's actually a display of maybe incompetence, which is not good. And then on the listing broker side, I think that it's a lot easier to actually intentionally fudge those lines. But let's look at what I'm talking about. Buyer brokers, are you seeing any kind of transactional patterns with dishonesty by buyer brokers as they're trying to advocate for their client?
1: I think forgetting to disclose contingent funds is probably one of them. Um, Again, whether intentional or not, you know, you might, one of the areas where we see it missed the most is in down payments. You have a all cash offer, it's a listing agent you're gonna wanna know is that contingent funds or non-contingent funds. You're gonna ask for a 22EF. And you might have a 10% down payment. A lot of times that's where we see funds not being disclosed. Again, whether intentional or not, uh, but as a listing broker, you better be doing your due diligence to to find out the status of that buyer.
0: As a listing broker, yes, but with respect to the honesty component of it, buyer brokers, you have a job in representing your client. You're filling out the purchase and sale agreement for them. You're held to the standard of care of a lawyer. When you do that, paragraph A, the boilerplate, first boilerplate Paragraph of every statewide form says that buyers not relying on a contingent source of funds unless disclosed within the purchase and sale agreement. So, if, as Camden mentions, if your buyers putting down if your buyers putting down 10%, but they're really borrowing that 10% from, you know, their rich aunt, or they're getting it as a gift from their rich grandmother, or maybe nobody's rich, but they're getting the, the gift from the, the down funds, down payment funds from somewhere other than a bank account in their name. Then those are contingent funds. Maybe
1: they're using a HELOC on the equity in their current home to buy a second home. And that's a confusing one.
0: Yeah, it is. We can have a different video on that one probably. But, But make sure that you are honestly representing your buyer's financial capacity.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: On the flip side in this competitive market, are you seeing any kind of industry patterns with listing brokers displaying something less than honesty?
1: I think I don't think that I can say we've seen that pattern, but there's definitely the perception from buyers, brokers around the idea of a listing agent saying or a listing broker saying that that they have multiple offers when they don't, uh, and that's that's probably the biggest perception where we specifically in this market where there's concern around that.
0: Yeah, you have multiple offers, you don't, um, or exaggerating what a competing offer really really says or the maybe competing
1: cl- offers expired
0: yeah the competing offers expired i have multiple offers but really you don't because one of them expired yesterday and you have right. only got one left and so listing brokers just make sure that there is integrity in the representations that you make it's easy i think to, to kind of lose yourself in the in the justification that it's in your seller's best interest to increase the price but not at the sake of you being dishonest that is never okay and it's not justified by any outcomes for your client
1: absolutely and you won't have a career in the business if that's the reputation you end up with
0: and let's cover that in another video let's right so anything else on this one
1: we could probably go all day but i think for the sake of time we should
0: stop okay if you have questions on this topic or any other send an email to me hotline at warealtor.org thank you for being a washington realtors member